I don't think anybody is practicing enough, particularly like with movements other than, I think people practice with Olympic lifts because mm-hmm. they understand the payoff. Yep. But then people look at other movements like running and rowing and burpees and pull-ups and they're not willing to practice that. Practice is really unsexy. Mm. It, it's not fun. Yeah. You know, practice is sitting on a 30-inch box with your feet dangling off, holding onto a rope and working your foot placement and your clamp and letting go. And then working your foot placement and letting go. And working your foot placement and letting go. Never climbing a rope for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's what practice looks like. That's reserved for the people that are really committed. But it's amazing what a difference practice makes because practice is where the adaptation of skill takes place. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is, is knowing that you giving your best effort is enough. Okay, Ben. Today we are going to talk about something that um, you've talked about a lot, but we've never really dived into it here. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to sort of take 20 or 30 minutes to really pick your brain about it. Um, and that subject is the difference between training, com- uh, training, practice, and competing. And I think I flipped that a little bit. So practice, yeah, yeah. practice, yeah. training, and competing. Um, to just start, like, how? What's like a really broad brushstroke of how you can, how you talk about training versus practice versus competing? So it's interesting because I think that people don't define it. Mm-hmm. I think people go to the gym and they just work out not realizing which one they're doing. And each one has incredibly different approaches and incredibly different adaptations happening from each one. It's really important to know which one, kind of put parameters around what they are so you know what you're doing, what you're going to get out of that training session. Training session, Mm -hmm. in quotations, because it might be a practice session. The big major differences is practice is done with low heart rates, it's done with low loads, under 60%, with a goal of improving your movements. Training is done with heavy weights, high heart rates. It's what we normally think of when we think of CrossFit. And the goal is to improve your engine or your strength. Mm -hmm. Competition is done with max loads, max effort, and the goal is to beat somebody else. Okay, Those are the major differences. And they and understanding them kind of defines w- what direction you want to take for that training session. And so you should know going into that session what today is? Even um, even more so than that. Here's what, what most people do in the world of CrossFit. And this is the majority of our people in our affiliate and most affiliates. Is you would, hearing those those three definitions, you would think that, okay, most people probably spend the most time probably training. Mm-hmm. And then they spend a fair amount of time practicing for the training and then they go to a competition every now and then. That's not the case. The normal member is competing 90% of the time. They're training 5% and they're practicing 5%. Here's what a normal day looks like for a competitor. I'm sorry, for a regular gym goer. They see the workout on the board. They look at the previous times of other people and or they think about their previous times that they had in a workout. So they're either trying to measure up against somebody else or a previous best. They go into the workout looking for every available shortcut to better their time. 
If that's what you're trying to do is minimize your time or maximize your load, try to set a PR. If you're trying to beat other people, by definition, that's a competition. Mm -hmm. Competition, the, the adaptations that take place from competition are minimal or negative. You can maybe make some adaptations because you might get some sort of better engine. You might get some strength gains, but in terms of relative to practice and training, the gains are very, very small. In fact, in the world I came from, triathlon, the saying was, you're going to compete yourself out of shape. Mm -hmm. If you just compete every weekend, you're going to get in less shape. And that's what most people are doing at most CrossFit affiliates, is they're competing themselves out of shape. So, okay, so we'll walk back a little bit. But the the first question I have regarding that is just the idea of, um, like we all learn at a level one, that intensity is sort of the shortcut mm -hmm. to all the good things. So where does that... How do you deal with that sort of that intensity piece? Because you think of intensity and you think of, in some ways, you think about competing. Yep. Maybe that's maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. But that's sort of what I what I hear yep. when I think about those two things is that they're they're very closely related. But you're saying that training isn't that, or like how do you how do you think about that? What you just said is what everybody hears and latches onto from that conversation. Yep. That's not what they taught us. Okay. What they taught us was it's mechanics, consistency, then, big bold letters, <laughs> then, and only then mm -hmm. intensity. So it's true. If you work harder, you're going to get better results. But let's not take that to the extreme of working your absolute max, top effort, everything you have, spill your guts out, you know, bleeding from your ears type thing. <laughs> That's not the idea. That's only for special occasions. Right. And what I want you to do is I want you to work as hard as you can in your practice and work as hard as you can in your training. So where I said it's normally it's 5%, 5% for yep. practice and training for most people and 90% competition. What I want for my athletes is 45% practice, 45% training, and only 10% competition. Now what that looks like is about one workout a week. It's mm -hmm. actually about three a month. If you okay. do 30 workouts, 10%, 30 workouts, that's three workouts. It's a little less than one a week. Makes sense. For a very physical sport like we play, like football, how many days a week do they compete? Right. Once a week. Yep. And it's a very short season. It's yep. only 16 games. So if you want to pick 16 days a year to compete, cool, go do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little not so fun. People like competition. Yeah. Once a week, throw down and use that as your parameter to see where you're going. If every time you step up to the barbell, you're trying to PR your lift, you're going to hit a ceiling really, really fast. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of cool, funky diagrams to explain this. There's, you know, the technique tree where it's, if you want to grow up, get better gains, like a tree, you grow vertically. Mm -hmm. But eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get pushed out on a branch. That's when your technique can no longer match your intensity levels. Well, branches don't grow vertically. They go out. Mm -hmm. So no matter how hard you work, you're not going to make gains. That's really, I mean, it's, this is a big eye-opening thing for people. When they first come to the gym, they make tremendous gains. Because if you work hard, you'll see it. Eventually, people are going to get topped off. Eventually, you get to that part where you're snatching 225 to 245. And unless you start focusing on your technique, you're not going to get to 275, 300. Mm -hmm. You have to move better. The technique is going to be the limiting factor. Technique is drastically improved through practice. It's very, very minimally improved through competition. Mm -hmm. In fact, it can be the opposite. Technique can get worse through practice because what happens is if you're going to compete in the gym today 
and you want to beat Bob's score from the 630M class, and I say, no, no, let's try and work on this instead, you're going to have to slow down and lift less weight and get a worse score. By definition, you're going to be worse if you're competing every day you come in the gym. We can't be competing because you're not going to make the gains if you were training or practicing. Okay. Lots of questions from that. Um, first one is that ratio of the right sort of balance between practice training and competing. Is that the same for Sally at the 630 class and Katrin? Or how do you adjust for somebody who whose sport is CrossFit versus yep. somebody who just wants to be a little bit fitter and 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 you know yep. push off the nursing home. It might be the opposite answer you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Katrin should compete less than Mary at the 630 class. Or okay. just say Susan or whatever her name Sally. was. Sally. Sally. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's the reason why. Yeah. Intensity is a shortcut to results, all that stuff. Like Katrin should only be really competing. We don't have her compete really in the open. Like she does kind of, but we don't taper for it. Mm-hmm. We don't take rest days after it. It's part of a regular training day. Regionals is the games where she competes. We try not to ever do any off-season competitions. Now, Mary or Sally or anybody else from the morning class, they can do a little bit more of that because it's not going to put them as big of a hole. There's not as much mental stress. There's not as much wear and tear on the CNS. Mm -hmm. There's not as much weighing on all of that. Also, the amount of training that they're doing, they could handle a little more stress on the CNS. They could go a little bit harder all the time and yep. withstand that. I don't want that from my athletes at the highest level. They're much more like the New England Patriots where they're only going to do it a few, you know, very select times. Mm-hmm. So how do you get an athlete on both ends of those spe- that spectrum from morning class to games athlete? How do you get them to understand the difference between uh, training and competing. Yep. I think practice is, and correct me if I'm wrong, practice feels like you know when it's practice. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of confusion, but I think the the confusion comes in when it's the training versus sure. competing. So, so how, me, do you, how do you walk them through Yeah, that? let me further define it, and that's what, this, is what, this is what we'll do with them. And I'll, I'll, I'll define it for us here, and then I'll talk about how, how I talk to them. Practice is low heart rates, low load, very controlled environment, very, very focused with a goal of improving your movements. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about um, working with empty barbells. If you're um, if you're trying to improve your double unders, it's not in a workout. This yep. makes sense to people, right? Yep. If you're trying to improve your double unders and you're doing it in a workout, it's gonna be really hard to improve your double unders. You have to do it with a low heart rate, very controlled so you can improve your movement patterns. If you're gonna try and get better at the technique portion of a snatch, it doesn't make sense to put 90% on the, of your one rep on the bar and rock and roll. Right. It makes a lot of sense to work with 50 to 60% below that threshold and try and improve your movement there. So that's practice. Training is done with heavy loads, high heart rates, that pukey, really sweaty, where there's moderate amounts of um, focus. Mm-hmm. You're trying and you're thinking about improving your movement. You're trying and thinking about getting better for tomorrow. You're trying to make this better, but you're working for another day, another goal. Competition is, it all comes down to this today. And my goal is not to improve my movement. The goal is not to improve uh, my engine or my strength. The goal is to beat somebody or some score. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, what you'll do is you'll take every legal available shortcut. Mm -hmm. So if they allow you a different standard, like one-arm snatches, dumbbell snatches, and you're allowed to put your hand on your thigh, you're going to take it. Mm -hmm. 
But if you know anything about, that's actually going to diminish your overall strength gains because you're bracing your midline. Well, if you're just training, you're going to work better at that. Same thing with like working off of blocks. If you're working off of blocks for Olympic lifting, by definition, you're training. You're doing a movement leading towards another end goal. You're not just trying to rip a one rep PR all the time. So competition is what we're trying to do is best your score. It's a test. Mm -hmm. We're testing right now. So what we do is we can talk to people in our classes. The way we do this is first and foremost, the way that we structure our classes is we add in the practice and the training into our classes. Our classes are not, here's the workout. Why don't you guys get warmed up and we're going to start this in three minutes and then we give a three, two, one, go. Our classes are very much, let's go through these movements with an empty barbell for upwards of 30 reps. Break it down piece by piece with a progression. There's your practice. Very low heart rate, very focused work, very diligent. Let's move better, mm-hmm. right? Then from there, we'll add in some training where we'll actually do fake practice rounds of the workout. If we're doing something like Helen, we might have them run 100 meters, come in and do 10 swings and five pull-ups. We might rest a minute. We might do that three or four times with the goal during that session of let's work on our butterfly pull-up. Let's work on um, keeping the bar, the kettlebell close to our body as we snatch it. Mm-hmm. Let's work on minimizing the, the dip in the swing through on the kettlebell swing. Mm-hmm. Let's work on our pose running during this. So it's a chance to kind of blend the practice and if somebody wants to compete during Helen, they can do that mm-hmm. and throw down. So what we do with our class is we don't have to have all these conversations because we add it in there. Right. Having said that, we do talk to people about the goal is not always to best yourself, best your score, best your body. Mm-hmm. The goal is to push off the nursing home as long as possible, to have some high fives, turn up the music, and have a really good time. Mm-hmm. What about for games athletes or or athletes who yep. CrossFit is their sport? Yep, even more so. So what we should do there is the majority of your training session should be a training session. It's not a competition. You're not trying to win that workout in the day. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get better for tomorrow. The goal should be, let's say for an example, um, you do muscle-ups with a big um, broken body, uh, yep. broken parts. So you, you're, you're closing your shoulder angle before you're supposed to. You're closing your hip angle before you're supposed to. And you have a, um, a bent knee. Mm-hmm. But you're fairly decent at muscle-ups that way. You can get seven in a row. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to work to get you a much tighter, more efficient gymnastics kit with a hollow body position and a hollow Superman where you're using the spring through your whole body and tightness. If I have you do that, you might only be able to get one or two muscle-ups in a row. Well, if we're going to do Amanda that day and you're trying to get a PR, you're not going to PR that day if you're going to get better for tomorrow. If you're always thinking, i am got to get better, i got to get better by testing yourself today, we're not going to get there. Part of this goes into the fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Fixed mindset says everything is a test and there's a pass or a fail. Yep. If I didn't PR today, I failed. And it wasn't a good training It day. wasn't a good training day. Yeah. Where with our athletes, as particularly our competitors, we try to take the exact opposite approach. And for that reason, very rarely, if you ask them, it probably comes down to about once a week, I ask for results from my athletes. Mm -hmm. I ask, what was your score? Once a week tops. And that's, they're doing doing four or five training sessions sessions a day. So they're doing upwards of 20 or 30 
a week where we do normal people do that in a month. Yep. And of that week, I ask for one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Pretty close to 10%. Yep. Besides that, how'd it feel? How'd it look? That's the deal. Are mm-hmm. we getting better? So if we're doing snatches that day, I don't want to know what's on the bar. I want to see the video. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to know what's on the bar. Now, I might want to know what's on it because it helps me gauge for future performances. Yep. But it's not about like, yes, good job. You yep. made that lift. Yep. It's about are we moving where we want to move? You know, people, the most evident way to do this is probably with rowing. Mm-hmm. People see rowing on this spectrum of, if you think of like a um, um, a bell-shaped curve, on one side you have effort. On the other side, you have technique. Mm-hmm. On the effort side are movements like running and burpees and box jumps, yep. right? Like just the more effort you put in, the more you can get out of it. Yep. On the other side, you have things like muscle up and squat snatches, which are very technique heavy. People put rowing more towards that effort side when in fact it's at least squarely in the middle, if not leaning more towards the technique side. Case in point is these people that can that rowed in college and then are completely out of shape, but they get on the rower you know, 15 years later and they can smoke it because they have really good technique. If I try and change someone's technique on a rower, and they're pulling, let's say we're doing a, a 2K test, right? And we take it away from the test. We take away that word and we say we're doing a 2K. And they just tried it and they're like, no, no, no. I want to see if I can beat my score. And they work their ass off as hard as they can. They will get some physiological adaptations. They will, you know, more red blood cells, you know, cross filament fibers and all like the adaptations that take place from training. But what they're not going to get is better at rowing. What they're not going to get is the technique portion of that. We have to realize that technique, that rowing has so much to do with technique. And if I'm going to put you on that rower and work your technique, you're probably not going to PR that day. In fact, you're probably going to be drastically worse. Mm-hmm. If you're used to pulling a 145, you're probably going to be pulling closer to a two-minute split. Yep. And maybe so far as like a 215. Maybe so far as we need to flip the monitor up so you're not focused at all. And it's completely practice. That's what's going to move the medial force the most in the long run, though. The short term, the immediacy of it, I get it. If today, if the world ended tomorrow, you'd have to PR today. Right. <laughs> but chances are the world's not going to end tomorrow. You're going to come in. You're going to see a 2K again. Mm-hmm. Let's get better at that, mm-hmm. not just see what we have today. Um, so does that mean that with – I know that it's here at CFNE, it's built into the classes – and that makes a lot of sense. But what about for your, you know, you send Cole, um, you know, his his training for, yep. the, for the week or the day. Do you go in and say, okay, Cole, for this, this snatch couplet, here's what I want you to f- think about, or here's what I'm looking for. Here's, you know, however you phrase it. Or do you not go that granular? Is it always just assumed that today is a training day and the goal is to move better at, you know, without, you know, move as fast as you can without yeah. degrading the movement pattern. Great question. Or do you go in and say, today I want you to really focus on keeping the, the barbell close to you on, the, on yep. the second pole? All of the above. All of it. Okay. Yeah. So we go as granular as this one is not for time. Mm-hmm. The goal here is to keep the bar close. Yep. Um, you know, if I'm sending um, something to, to Cole and we're working on snatch, it might be let's lift um, this many reps around this weight percentage. 60% with the goal of changing up the movement pattern. Yep. Um, it's where a lot of EMOMs can come in place. EMOMs, by definition, the reason those became popular, they became popular popularized by Rich Froning, mm-hmm. who made 
tremendous gains because he realized that I don't need to compete every single time I go to work out. Yeah. I can train. Imams, by definition, are training. Now, if you make it even lower intensity, which is was popularized by, um, I think it was called volume training, um, which is basically it's an imam, but you're doing one or two reps on the minute. Okay. And not with heavy weights. I'm talking like one or two kipping pull-ups okay. or one or two kipping ring dips on the minute with the goal of getting better at the movement. Mm -hmm. That's practice. Now, if we move that up to where we're getting eight to 15 reps, mm -hmm. now we're training. Yep. Okay, this is a nice blend. If we're saying competition, how many can you do in the minute? That's now a competition. Okay. The reason that it became so popular is because Rich made such great gains by realizing like, I don't need to compete every single time I'm out there. So when I send programming to my athletes from afar, I'll do I'll use all of those tricks and tools. Mm -hmm. Some of them will be this is not for time. This one is a giant set. This one is a superset. This one is by itself with max with unlimited rest in between. This one I want you to do focusing on this. So um, when I send programming to him, it basically says what is the category this falls under? Are we looking for aerobic capacity or strength or um, something like that? They'll say what it is. Is this an EMOM? Is this a for time? Um, it'll say, is this practice training or competition? It'll say the actual thing. Mm -hmm. And underneath that, the next column will say notes. Mm -hmm. And that's where I say, this is what I'd like you to get out of this portion of the training session. Gotcha. Um, do you think that, I know obviously you don't know what everybody does, but do you think that the vast majority of, let's say regional athletes and beyond, so the ones who even get to the games, are they mostly competing most of the time? Or do you think that, the athletes at the top level, you know, you mentioned Rich, obviously, Catherine Cole, Matt, um, and Brooke kind of have a sense of this. But like, are the successful athletes the ones who, even if they don't know that this is what yeah. they're doing, have a good sense of like what training is versus what No, I, th is? I think that um, the higher level athletes understand this probably better than anybody. Yeah, You can't compete for four workouts a day right. for six days a week. You just can't. Yeah. You would be... Uh, crushed emotionally psychologically and physically by day two yeah i mean it would just be like the case in point is these athletes do four or five pieces to every training session every day mm -hmm. they go to regionals and do two right. and they're crushed yeah. because they're competing interesting yeah so they understand that i think yeah. i think it's the regular members and the people that are kind of like doing the open type stuff mm -hmm. that don't really get it yeah. as much i don't think anybody is practicing enough particularly like with movements other than, I think people practice with Olympic lifts because mm -hmm. they understand the payoff. Yep. But then people look at other movements like running and rowing and burpees and pull-ups and they're not willing to practice that. Practice is really unsexy. Mm. It, it's not fun. Yeah. You know, practice is sitting on a 30-inch box with your feet dangling off, holding onto a rope, and working your foot placement and your clamp and letting go. And then working your foot placement and letting go. And working your foot placement and letting go. Never climbing a rope for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's what practice looks like. That's reserved for the people that are really committed. But it's amazing what a difference practice makes because practice is where the adaptation of skill takes place. So if we think about this in terms of like exercise physiology, there's 10 components to fitness, mm -hmm. right? This is level one type stuff. Yep. 
There's endurance, strength, stamina, flexibility, speed, power, accuracy, balance, agility, and coordination. Good job. Hope I got all 10 <laughs> Okay, the first four of those, um, endurance, strength, stamina, flexibility, those are improved through training. Mm-hmm. They're like the, or, the organic things. They're like, they're your, you want to get stronger, you want to get a better engine. That's training. Yep. That's high heart rate, heavy load. That's going to work there. But then the bottom four things there, the balance, accuracy, coordination, agility, those are skill dependent. If you want to get better at where the bar is landing over the, your head in a snatch, you got to work that with very light loads. Mm-hmm. If you want to work on finding your pockets in the snatch, you got to work that with light loads. That's skill. That's the movement. That's only going to be improved if you're practicing with under 60%. It's not sexy. Yeah. If you want to get better at rope climbs, it's probably not, for most people, it's not a strength issue. If you can hang on the rope and do a toe to bar, you can climb a rope. Yep. For most people, it's a technique issue of the accuracy and their agility of where they're placing their feet. Most people don't have that appropriately because all they're trying to do is improve their rope times by trying to train it yep. when they should be practicing it. Mm-hmm. Most people have the strength and the endurance to do 50 double unders in a row. They have that stamina. They have that cardiovascular endurance. It's not an engine issue. Mm-hmm. The reason they don't get better at it is because they're not practicing them. They do them in workouts and or their coach tells them every time you do double unders, it's going to be in a workout. So you get better at doing double unders in workouts. So the way you want to practice this is when you're smoked after workout, try and get 100 straight after your workout. That's an engine thing. We do engine stuff all the time. My contention would be if it's a technique issue, which it is for most people, you got to do it with a low heart rate, really focused. Mm-hmm. That's when it takes place. That's when skills are developed. Last question you've kind of answered a little bit is what have what kind of practice have you guys, you put in with Catherine and Matt and Cole and Brooke leading up to the games this year, leading up to regionals? Like what have you focused on with them? And you don't have to go each yeah. one, but if there's an interesting so one I can, or two. Yeah, so actually um, I can tell you um, year by year what our focus with. with the First year, Catherine, we practiced her squat. She couldn't air squat the first year. Hmm. So we rebuilt her air squat. She hyperextended on every squat and had a broken midline. And she basically couldn't squat. Yeah. Year two, we rebuilt um, her rope climbs. Obviously, if that was a big hole for her. Yep. Um, and we did that by what I was talking about, re- yep. working on foot placement. And a lot of it was legless type stuff. So we hammered that. But a lot of it was done with low heart rates. We did it as a practice thing, not as a let's do this in workouts. Mm-hmm. The previous, the last year has been muscle-ups to the point where we stripped her down where she did not do a muscle up in a workout for six months. Mm-hmm. We only did it by themselves and practiced the movement of it. Then after working on the movement and just by the movement, I mean, we worked up to where we could do a hundred kip swings looking the way we wanted them to look like. Yep. What I mean by that is just hang on the rings and swing back and forth. Yep. No horizontal no displacement, no yep. pulling. Yep. Once we got a hundred of those, 10 sets of 10, then we felt like we could do one muscle up hmm. and we did one. And once we got one, then we worked it. And that took about another month or two before we got into two and three. And it took about three months before we were able to do three muscle-ups the way we wanted to. That's when we started working them into workouts. And now we can do them. And just now, which is a year and a half later, we're just starting to do these in workouts. And her muscle-ups went from, it's a slow road, but that's the way it goes, went from a max set of seven Pretty amazing that she, you know, could, you know, she had seven muscle-ups to now where it's about 14 or 15. Nice. Let's leave it at that. Cool. Thanks, Pat.